Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Uh, 27% off everything is today's topic. It's our, it's our um, regular weekly, weekly update. Yeah. Um, Dallas, first of all, I, I just wanted to acknowledge the Anzacs on a day like today. Yeah. It's Anzac Day. We're recording on Anzac Day. Yeah, um, it's, pay it's a strange, to, strange thing to not have, you know, uh, not be going somewhere to, to an actual service. So, yeah, but that's a, a good yeah, look point. Yeah, look, it is. And, and um, it actually puts it into perspective, doesn't it? It puts our current economic and health situation into perspective yeah. on a day yeah. like today. And you realise it's just not yeah. that bad compared no. to what's happened in the past. That, um, that's like, you know, I, I saw, a, I think we've talked about this before, I saw a thing uh, a while ago, someone basically saying, you know, you, your grandparents' generation were asked to, you know, at 18, go off to war and, and fight and get shot at in the, in, the, in the mud in France, and we're being asked to sit at home and watch Netflix. So you go, when you, tell, when you was, say it like that, you go, it's not that bad. And that was assuming you made it to adulthood as well. Um, well, that's, you know, that's exactly right. If you were lucky enough to, to make it to adulthood, you yeah. may have had the chance to die on the field, on, on a battlefield somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. look, what we're, what we're facing now, um, yeah. and again, certainly not to, not to downplay, uh, obviously there's been um, significant amounts of families around the world that have been affected with um, uh, a loved one passing away. Yeah. But uh, in perspective, on a day like yeah. today, I think... Yeah. Um, you're going to be talking about our superannuation balances being down and yeah. and yeah. having to self-isolate and things like that compared to to yeah. what's been faced in the recent past in the not yeah. too yeah it's, well it's not, I, I think that's that's actually an interesting one because we we've noticed that we haven't really like it doesn't even seem as normally like if you had a a 25 or a 30 percent drop or you know we're 27 percent down from previous highs in the Australian market at the moment you'd probably expect more more discussion about that in the media and and i think it's one of those things where like we've said if you're most people it's sort of brought the bigger picture in the in perspective where you go okay well as long as you as long as you've got your health your family's got their health and you're still working and you have the ability to earn an income most people really see it as 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 what we would sort of be talking about with their clients all the time which is the big picture is hey everything's fine you've got the ability to to go and earn income you've got another five or ten years of work to go Let's not worry about what the price is in the short term. Let's worry about making sure that we're controlling everything we do. And you know, obviously, if you've got your health and if you've got your ability to go and earn an income, there's a lot that you can do over that last five, ten years of work. You don't necessarily have to worry about what's your super balance doing day to day. That's right. And to look at the glass being half full, it's, I think it's a fantastic opportunity right now for people to to um, reassess again and to strip some of the 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 creep in their budget that's that's yeah. that's come in in recent yeah. times um yeah. you know to 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 get rid of those redundant expenses from their budget yeah all of those types of things uh as yeah. you pointed out before it's like it's a really good test of uh yeah. 
a, a test as if you're a entered mini retirement because you are yeah. mm-hmm. uh, effectively stuck at home for a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, look, it's a really, it's a, it, the glass is half full or the glass can be half full depending on yeah. how you look at it as well. Yeah. Um, so the, you said before we got started recording, you said you had a theory. So we're 27% down in weekly wrap up. What's, what's your theory for this week, mate? This is now, mind you, this is a very long winded theory. And I will start. <laughs> They're my favourite guy. <laughs> and I will start with. Uh, so you're just going to have to let me speak for a little bit, but you can you can <laughs> chime in over the top. But uh, yeah. the the it's a long winded theory, and I will preface it with saying that with a the theory, look, I'm pretty happy being right 51 percent of the time with a the theory. Mm-hmm. So yep. Uh, yep. for 100 theories that I that yep. I propose, if I'm right 51 of those <laughs> theories. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with those yeah. numbers. Yeah. So take that as you will. Yeah. So my theory is, so if we, if we go and why it's long winded, I'm going to talk about the market. I'm going to talk about economies. I'm going to talk about countries here. So if we go back 23rd of March, 2020, we've seen the bottom so far, which was 36% in the ASX 200. Yeah. Uh, it dropped from a previous high of 7,162 points on the 19th yeah. of February yeah. to 4,613 points, which was 36% down on the yeah. 23rd of, of March. Since then, which is basically you know, a month recording on the 25th of April 2020, yeah. we've seen it operate in a range of uh, between 23% down and 30% down. So, um, if we go back four weeks, sorry, if we go back three weeks, it was down 30%. If we go back two weeks, it was down 25%. Uh, if we go back uh, one week, it was down 23%. If we go today, uh, it's down 27%. So yeah. it's operating in a, let's call it around the 25% down, Mark. Yeah. Now, yeah. given what is supposed to have given economically what is about to happen or what is supposed yep. to be about to happen, um, I would expect that it would be down more than that. Yep. However, because, you know, some of the media articles have been that this is going to be the next uh, Great Depression yep. around the world, um, certainly going to be a deep recession. It'll be unemployment like we've never seen before in modern yep. history. With all of that... With all of that, I would expect that the market would be down further than 25%. Bearing in mind that markets drop an average of 14% every year for no reason at all. Yeah. So some stage during the year, the markets will drop by 14% on average. Uh, That's the average. Uh, For no reason at all, they'll generally recover. So so we're down about double that, somewhere in that range, somewhere in the 25% to 30% range. Yep. Um, here's my theory. The market has dropped down there. I would expect that it would be lower than, than where it is. Yep. I think the market's not scared of... And when we say the market, we're talking about everyone that exists. <laughs> the the aggregate of, about, of everyone's predictions of what will happen. We're talking about human beings here. We're talking about human yep. beings, people that own these companies yep. and people that are uh, looking to buy these companies, people that are currently buying these companies. So it's an yep. aggregate of all that. People talk about the market being scared of a further drop. I think the market's scared of a rise. 
I think the market's yeah. scared that that the economies of the world are going to get back on track because recognizing this, I mean, the economies of the world were, were traveling along really, really well before this. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is really an artificial, I guess it's a forced slowdown because mm. of, of uh, the coronavirus. Yeah. I, th- I think the market's paused, which markets yeah. will do. I think yeah. the market's paused at around that 25% to 30% down yeah. when it should be down yeah. further than that based yeah. on what is going to or, or what's yeah. predicted to happen. Yeah. Because I think the market can see that economies are going to get back on track faster than normal. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, part A of my theory. Yeah. Now, part, part B of my theory yeah. is, that, is that when we look at different countries around the world, um, one of these big countries is actually going to get back on track faster than another one. And one of them is going to say, um, we are open for business. And I think that'll be the United States because, um, uh, look, Dave, Dave, I I guess one of the, one of the, if there is a benefit of actually having a lot of cases and, and, um, which the United States have had, of course, of coronavirus. Yeah. Is that, is that, Unless there's another strain of it, you actually can't get it twice. So, yeah. so, yeah. so they're, they're, the Eurogan, they're closer to herd immunity. They're closer to the point of just going, it's, it's, it's too late. It's already gone through it all. We'll open back up now. Well, I think, I think you've got that. And you also have um, President Trump as well. And, 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 and we all know. Well, their whole culture is, is geared towards uh, civil liberties and, and individualism and choice of, well, if I want to go out, I can go out and no one can stop me kind of thing. Look, so. it, it's absolutely. And it's, it's like people compare Australia and America, but we are so different with respect yeah. to that. So they're far yeah. more. They, they, they're far more every man for himself. They're far more yeah. civil liberties. They, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. really it, it, I guess the United States is just that it's 50, yeah. it's 50 little countries all bundled yeah. together. Yes. And they're right. all, they're all, they're all competing with each other. Those, those, yeah. those states yeah. as well. Yeah. So they'll lower their tax rates. They'll start, yeah. you know, they want to get yeah. back on track earlier than yeah. to compete with another state. So yeah. look, I think it's, I think it's going to be them first. Yeah. And again, like like I said, if I'm if I'm right, fifty one times out of a hundred. <laughs> this, this is this sounds purely like market timing and a made up prediction. And uh, and, and so you saying buy buy American companies? Are we saying? No, not at all. What what I, what I'm what I'm saying is that they're going to they're going to say we're open for business, yeah. and then every other country around the world is going to go wow. Geez, we we we're going to have to do something now, and just pretend for a moment. Let's just bring it back to um, supermarkets. So, if every country was a supermarket yeah. in your city, and forget yeah. the different chains uh, of yeah. supermarkets, yeah. if if um, you know Woolworths in the city of Townsville was was America, yeah. and you know um, IGA in Garbutt was uh, Australia, yeah. for example. Yeah. If Woolworths in the city of Townsville reopens first, and the, yeah. the and uh, the Garbutt IGA can't reopen at that point in time, they yeah. get a little bit antsy because yeah. what happens <laughs> is they're, that they're everyone their, their flocks customers. to Woolworths yeah. in the city. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at if you look at countries, uh, yeah. 
and you and you just bring it back to your own city wherever you are yeah. and say okay that, that's a local supermarket that country's a local local supermarket yeah. um countries are all competing with each other yeah. and if one reopens the others feel pressure to reopen yeah and again just like i said this is just my theory but <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm just just waiting for the punchline. Like, so what? What are you? What are we meant to do with this information? Or is this just are you just sharing a theory? I'm just saying. So, so this is why I think that the market has paused at only yeah. 25 to 30 percent down in that yeah. range. Yep. Yeah. Um, because the news coming out isn't isn't fantastic. I think the news yeah. coming out is what we had hoped would yeah. come out. Yeah. Such as uh, yeah. it's tapering off. So the coronavirus yeah. cases are tapering yeah. off in in yeah. a lot of countries. But, um, but even though they're growing and they, yeah. the economic data that's coming out isn't fantastic yeah. because, yeah. you know, you have companies cool. like Virgin, for example, going uh, into voluntary administration just this last yeah. week. Um, you know, that, that, there's going to be more of that. There's absolutely yeah. going to be more of that. Yeah. It's just that, yeah. it's just that life is going to get back to normal at some stage. And I think it's going to get back to normal faster than we think. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's interesting while you're talking about all this. I, I was thinking about it this week where I go, say, n- now I'll basically just sidestep your theory because I, I don't have an opinion on it either way. But what I found yeah. really interesting this week was that I felt like, I felt like there was much more positive news. So, so the, mm. the point that I really thought about is it, it's a really good example of how the news and the economy are not linked really to company prices. So no. if you read if you read the news last week, the there was a lot more negative negative articles. There was a lot more talk about how things were going to get worse and how restrictions were going to have to be in place for six months in Australia and everything was going to go into full lockdown. So and that was last week when Australian company prices went up by three percent. So then, if you yes. read the news this week, and it seems to me it was much more positive and it's more optimistic and, you know, oh, well, and even there's, there's been talk from our politicians about saying, look, we've really got on top of uh, the health and stuff. There's you know, potentially kids can go back to school earlier. We think we've really got, got a handle on it. So there's a lot of positive news about that sort of thing and to already talk about businesses being able to reopen. So on all this positive news, the market's dropped by 4%. So I'm, if, if ever you needed an, a, a, a situation to show you that, you cannot predict where company prices will head based on what you read in, in, in the news. This is it. Because as, you, as we've said before, every time there's been really negative news or negative headlines of things going terrible in America or things going terrible here or whatever, then if you look at what, what actually happens to those company prices, it's, it's, in many cases, it's already the worst case scenario has already been priced in or vice versa. So this just seems like there's a lot of overreaction either way, which is, as you'd expect when you can transact on something very quickly. If people can buy and sell a company straight away, they, they see a bit of good news and oversell and then it, things aren't as, as good or as bad as what they think. So I don't know. I, I, I think that was, that was an interesting experience that I had this week reading that and watching and thinking about the fact that well, the market's down 3% and all I've heard this week is good news. It's a good point because I hadn't thought of it in those, in those perspectives. But if you did, it, it's true. If you compare last week, to yeah. this week i, I yeah. feel as well as been far more uh, yeah. good news come out this week yeah and and yeah we've seen the market drop uh last and, week we saw the market rise so so yeah, yeah look it's, it, it's a it's a it's a crazy beast that you just cannot t- tame no. uh, yeah. in the short term 
over the long term, it's very, very predictable. So, yes, so yeah. you know, you, you see over the long term, average yeah. rates of return, uh, if you can just stay invested somewhere in the 9 to 12% per annum range. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, we know that people yeah. generally uh, receive much lower returns yeah. uh, personally yeah. than that because they actually... They buy they, and sell at the wrong they, time. They, they buy and sell at the wrong time. Yep. And and again, this is this is what I mean. You, you would be forgiven for thinking that you could that you could predict that or that you could pick that. If you you pick up a newspaper and it says things are looking really bad in Australia for coronavirus, you know, we think like we'll go into more severe restrictions, and we think that they'll be in place for a year, and we don't know. You know and you'd read that article and go, "Geez, company prices have got to go down. Profits got to go down. Valuations got to go down. I'll I'll sell now." And then you'd be, and then and then the price of that picks up over the next week, which you'd be scratching your head about. And then the opposite thing happens this week. So, to me, it's one of those things where, even though we've just talked about it for twenty minutes, half an hour about how what the news is and and what's sort of happening in the short term, it makes you realise that there is just no correlation between what you are reading in the newspapers or, or you know in, in your news and what you and what is happening with those asset prices day to day. It's it's a and it's kind of those things where because you, once you realize and accept that you do not know, like number one, you don't know what's going to happen. But number two, you don't know what, even if you knew what's going to happen, you wouldn't know what impact that will have on company prices. So no. you, you, you really are just forced to go, okay, well, what can we do? All we can do is come up with a plan based on the fact that we have no idea what will happen in the short term, but we know what will happen over the very long term. And let's just be invested according to that with different different money that we've got allocated for different things. So, Look, it's an excellent point. And um, to get to part C of my theory, now you thought I was finished, didn't you? I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> so, so part C is is more or less a summary. So, so I said it this right at the start, I think the market's scared at the moment. Yeah not of yeah. going down further of recovering faster. Yeah. And that's why I think it's paused in that, yeah. in that 25% to, to 30% down range. Yeah. When by all accounts and purposes, it should be down further than that yeah. from what has been predicted yeah. to happen. Yeah. I think, I think the market is on board with my theory. <laughs> Your answer for morphizing an aggregate of 7 billion people around the world into you and the market. <laughs> so I think, I think it thinks what I think. And I think it thinks that, that one country is going to go and they're going to yeah. reopen yeah. and they're going to yeah, get going. Yeah. And, and uh, I think the, I think the market's looking to Sweden as well, which, which, you know, um, yeah. they haven't been yeah. as stringent with their, yeah. Their lockdown, yeah. so I think they're, yeah. they're looking ahead. They claim that they're going to have herd immunity yeah. by the end of May. I don't know; it's a big claim, but yeah. um, but that's what they claim. Yeah. So, I think I think the market's scared that that uh, it's going to take yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, and this is not a prediction to say it's going to take no. off. Remember, remember my statistics that I'm right fifty-one <laughs> times out of a hundred. You know, you I'm know pretty what? happy. So. so, so we, but but I think it's scared that it's going to take off. Put it that way. I think. Well, I think. Well, it, I, it's, and I think if you, if you look at it as an individual, and this is kind of what we were just talking about, is that you go, each individual has to sit there and go, if you have any sort of intellectual humility, you have to have the attitude that you just had, which is, I, I think this way, but, you know, my predictions are wrong half the time. 
So you go, mm. if you, if you think that things are going to get worse, you kind of have to, you have to be making that prediction. If you think that company prices are going to go down, you also have to hold in your mind the fact that this might not happen. Sweden might be, they might get to herd immunity with very little impact to their economy and all the other countries around them might open back up and our economy booms again. And, and next thing you know, company prices have, have, have doubled in, in, you know, over the next few years. So even if you think the market is going to go down, if you think company prices are going to go down, you have to hold that in your head as, as a distinct possibility and you have to be invested in a way that you are not wiped out one way or the other. So... It's uh, it, it is an interesting one to go. If you have a prediction, but you have a prediction with a fifty-one percent uh, probability, you really have to have to price that into how you actually choose to invest. Is to go well. I think this would probably happen, but it's really who knows, and it could go completely the other way. Absolutely, so, and look, effect, affecting the market as well is um, yeah. There are people that that really want to invest at this point yeah. in time. Yeah. but feel for their uh, particular situation or, or not even their current situation, what may happen yeah. in the short-term future can hold them back initially. Um, yeah. Might be a good time to segue into uh, our discussion yesterday. Bells, do you want oh, yeah. to? Yeah, well, I was going to actually pump your tyres a bit. As a, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're definitely the second best financial planner in Australia with me being number one. <laughs> So, Look so at my it's, wife, it's, my it's wife been it's I, been tiring yeah. all these years. It's been tiring all these years. So um, I'm glad that someone's taken over. That, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, no, so so Nicola and I actually had my wife Nicola and I had a financial planning meeting with your with yourself yesterday, which was a really good experience, and it was yeah. a um, very interesting to, I guess, because it's it's sort of one of those things. I think a lot of the time on on the podcast or just even when we're talking to our clients, it's it's easy to kind of go, it's all a theoretical exercise. So I don't I didn't want to go into too much detail about obviously um, our our financial situation and plans and the rest of it. But it was very interesting. Uh, I thought it might be of interest for people to sort of think that this is exactly the discussions that we had yesterday, which was I've got a little bit of money that's come out of a of a lump sum from selling. Um, something else basically and and the discussion we had yesterday was was around of that money you know how much do you leave in cash to meet some sort of short-term commitments or to pay down debt and do things like that and how much of it do you invest and so there's no this i think the thing it's, it's not like there's some magic criteria that we're that we do for ourselves that we're not talking about with our clients. it was exactly the same conversations that we have with our clients which was of this money how much would you conceivably need in the next couple of years if you know if if you're if our income um, was to drop or if we were had to if we had to meet some emergency expenses how much of this money might you need in the next couple of years and that amount of money should be left in cash so and that was kind of the thing is even if we think the market is going to go up over the next six months 12 months 18 months we have to have that humility of i don't know what's going to happen so Money that I might need in the next year, I cannot invest that. I just can't do it because we might be in a situation where I need that in 12 months' time and things are down by another 30%. But the flip side of that is any money that I don't need in the next year or two that I really am just, you know, want that to be growing over the long term, that should just be invested basically as of now in today's prices, knowing that that might drop and we might be here in a month's time wishing that, that we'd held off for another month, but also knowing that 
we can't control that. And basically the numbers always stack up that if you have a, a sum of money that you want to invest for the long term, the best time to invest is always right now because on average you will be better off over the long term. So it was interesting to sit on the other side of the table and go through that, that sort of thought experiment. Yeah, look, and, and it raises a, a related point that we've, we've spoken about before in that um, when things settle down, yeah. the price races back really, really quickly mm. because in that discussion yesterday, we were, we were talking about, uh, I guess, two distinct different types of economic climate where we were talking about if this thing gets yep. worse and yep. um, you yep. know, the flow on effect for this thing to get fit, this uh, coronavirus situation to get worse would yep. be that the markets would likely drop away further. Yep. So yep. if you pulled the trigger with too much cash and invested yep. too much cash yep. uh, and you needed some of that back in the event yep. that things got worse, you yep. would be, you would be taking a bath on that money yep. to pull it out. Yep. At that point yeah. in time, um, uh, given that there's a flow and effect to that, if things get worse and the markets drop away, you know, significantly yeah. more, then that yeah. usually means that um, you know there's there's been changes to your income as well. So your income has had yeah. to drop for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, business re- uh, revenues down, of course, all of those types of things, and 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 that's across the, you know, that's yeah. across the, uh, the the entire economy, whether you work whether you both yeah. work for wages, one of you may lose your job. Yeah. You may be asked to, to take um, uh, reduced wages. Yeah. But on this, on part B of that, we looked at, okay, um, if things get better, yeah. uh, then then you, you'll miss out on the current opportunity where the markets mm. are down by 27% because the markets yeah. will race back yeah. to being fully valued yeah. really, really quickly. As soon yeah. as there's a sniff of any good news, it's just yeah. too late. Yeah, and and that's where I think it's paused now in that twenty-five to thirty percent down range. Yeah, because I think the market has a sniff that things are going to get better faster than normal, and that, that, that yeah, I, that's I, what I, I think. I think you got no idea, to be honest. I don't have any. I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Because, because I would like to say I have right. no idea. Like a theory, <laughs> we'll, a theory. We'll, a theory. we'll be recording this in a week's time, and you'll go, "Oh, a bit sheepish here. It's, uh, it's down forty-five yeah. percent from previous." A theory, a theory is a theory. And this was why I mean, it's really interesting the the juxtaposition of this of, of of basically having that theory, and then as we discussed that as it relates to. Uh, myself and Nicola, our personal finances yesterday is, is exactly what I was talking about where you go, you have to have the intellectual humility to go, well, it doesn't, it doesn't actually really matter what I think will happen in the next year. I just have to be, I have to have my, my money set up in a way that I have enough money sitting there in cash that if our business revenue dropped and we had to take a pay cut, uh, can I meet my expenses? Can I put food on the table next week? Can I pay rent? Can I do all those sorts of things? Um, I need to make sure that that's protected first and foremost with something and have that money sitting in, in, in a way that it isn't going to drop or isn't going to be infected, affected by any negative downturn. But the rest of the money that I don't need in the next year or two, there's no, it, it, and that's kind of my thing. Like I said, it's just not a game that I want to play. Like I don't want to play that game of, well, I've got some money here that I know I won't need in the next couple of years, but 
I think the market might go down next week or it might go up or something. So I'll, I'll hold off or I'll invest some and I'll invest some. And it's just not a game I want to play. And I know it's not a game that you want to play. And our attitude is basically just to say, we just need to separate those two buckets of money. One of them is what I might need in the short term. And I just have that sitting in cash in a bank account. And there's another bucket of money that is, this is just to grow for the long term. I don't care if it goes up or down by 20% in the next year. I just know that it will, it will double rather than go to zero over the long term. And that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you could really only act by saying, uh, I know what I can, I know, I know the opportunity that's before me right now. Yeah. And I don't know, I mean, forget trying to get in at the bottom of the market. Like we, we get, we tell ourselves and we tell our clients, um, that all the time because, you, you, you just really need to act on the opportunity that's presented before you right yeah. now at any point yeah. in time. Yeah. And look, that opportunity could be uh, not when there's a market downturn, when a sum yeah. of money comes to you yeah, and you have right. a sum yeah. of money and you say, yeah. okay, well, yeah. armed with the knowledge that I know now, um, yeah. the best thing that I can do statistically yeah. Yeah. is to keep some of this money aside that I'll need in a, in the yep. event of a um, contingency, yep. and then and then put the rest of it to use, yep. which I guess um, you know we we spoke a lot about keeping cash on the side yesterday, um, yep. and and it, it raises a related point uh, that featured heavily in yesterday's podcast uh, episode fifty two. Yeah, uh, which was was how to add five hundred thousand dollars to your retirement savings balance. We speak a lot about a balance fund in there, and the yeah. lazy money that it has inside yeah. of its component. Now, um, yeah. it's it sort of to, it, in our respect to a fifty-year-old or a fifty-five-year-old having one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of cash inside yeah. your superannuation, we see as a waste. Yeah. Because you can't access that money for another 10 or 15 years anyway. So, yep. so exactly. you know, we spoke yesterday about keeping enough cash aside. Cash yep. for us is something that you need to be able to... The, the whole reason for cash is that you can yep. access it at a moment's yes. notice. Yep. It's a backup plan. Yep. And for us, that's when we look at for the, for the average of our clients that come to us at 55 years of age, have 10 years of working life left. They've yep. got what we call lazy money inside the superannuation fund, $150,000 um, yeah. on average uh, yeah. across a balance of $500,000. Yeah. We think that they need more of that cash in their own name. Like it's, it's, it seems yeah. useless to us to own that inside a, an environment yeah. that they're not going to be able to access for the next 10 years. So, yeah. Well, that's, um, that's a, exactly, I guess, and that was, uh, I think, a, an interesting point is that, like I say, these are all conversations that I've had with all my clients and this is exactly how I think about it with my own personal finances is that the concept of, and, and this is where we went on a bit of a rant of, of this during the week about the concept of a risk profile and someone saying, I am a balanced investor. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world because so Nicola and I have money in our superannuation funds, which we can't touch until we're 60. So my my attitude towards that money is obviously going to be very different to the money that we have in a joint bank account that we're living on week to week and that I have to mm. you know, go to Woolworths, go and pay rent, all those sorts of things week to week. So it would be a ridiculous idea to go, well, 
the, the $10,000 that we've got sitting in this bank account, we should invest 70% of that money in, in companies and, and 10% in property. And we should have only 10% of that, 20% of that in cash. And then we should invest our super like that as well. It's just a ridiculous concept because you go, mm-hmm. how we think about and how we should treat that money that, that we want to have access to there and, and that we are spending day to day and that we might need in the next six months. Obviously, the main criteria for that is I don't want to take any risk with that money because I, I need to be able to access it when I need to and I, and I need to be able to rely that I've got that money and that amount of money there. Whereas the money that I got in super, I don't care. Like I just don't care over the next six months what happens with that because I can't touch it until I'm 60 anyway. That's right. Yeah, it's two, I mean, it's two completely different pots of money um, yeah. that should be treated completely differently. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, so it's, um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good experience to to go through that and even just to, so that was, I guess, the other point that we discussed was that it was a very good experience from the, from the perspective of, instead of, obviously, with me being a financial planner, I tend to take charge of our, our finances and go, we should do this and we should do that. And as you said in our, in our meeting yesterday, I think very polite, much more politely than I would have said, just shut up because I actually want to hear what Nicholas got to say about this. So, so that, was a, that was a really good experience to go. And that's sort of what we see our role at is going, how are you both thinking about this? And what do you, what will make you both comfortable and sleep at night in terms of how much cash do we need sitting there? How much do we need access to an emergency? And then the understanding that, yes, we're both on the same page. This money should be here for the short term. This other money going over here for the long term. We know we don't need that, so that's fine. We just don't have to worry about yeah. even you know, Nicola, who's obviously not doesn't follow the market at all. She she then knows that she, it doesn't. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for our lifestyle or for our day to day, you know, expenses. It doesn't matter what happens with that long term money over the next six months. So it's yeah. It's look, I, big, I thought it went really relation. well as, as well, and I I actually made a, a conscious decision to speak to Nicola directly. Yeah. Seventy percent. Yeah of the time if not more yeah, yeah. um because big and, and i i mean without knowing what she thought of it so far no, um, she, she was um it was really good I, because it was i thought yeah, it was good to get a um to get you both on the same page so it's really hard to have those discussions oh, with yeah. your with your spouse yeah. um yeah and we feel that we're uh without being psychologists of course yeah. um yeah uh, or trained anywhere in in oh, yeah. I mean we haven't been formally trained anywhere yeah. in in that um, we feel that we have a, a, a like a a fairly good way yeah. of actually getting people on the same page and, and getting yeah. that communication going between yeah. between yeah. members of a couple. Yeah, um, I'm always I, I when we when, as we've been talking about this, it, it sort of takes me back to to movies you know you see uh, movies that you may have watched in the past and and there might be a leading character who's a psychiatrist and they yeah. go to other psychiatrists to yeah. get treated. <laughs> yes, exactly I, right. I, I always I always so when when we have uh, and Susie my wife Susie and I have actually came in to see you Dallas and we've yeah. gone through the same process um, Every time I think of it, I, for some reason, I think of the psychiatrist that goes and gets treated by another psychiatrist. Right. And, and right. they're normally the biggest nutcase out of everyone. Oh, well, <laughs> well, well, well there's that. And I, I remember thinking as a, as a teenager, what is this psychiatrist just treating himself or herself yeah. like? 
but 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 now I understand. It's just it's yeah. it's it's just so much uh, better to yeah. be on the other side of the table. Yeah. yeah. And yes. to have someone facilitating that conversation between yeah. between you and your spouse. Yeah, and it, it's funny because it's something that we've talked about before with um, when someone's making the decision of which advisor to to work with. You know, you said before, and I like the way you put this, is that you are better, even, even if someone, you know, I'm, I'm number one in Australia, you're number two in Australia when it comes to retirement planning. So we're, we are the best in Australia, but... If someone's only going to listen to us half the time, or they're only going to be fifty percent engaged in in what we in what we come up with in terms of a plan, or if they've got the choice of going to another advisor that might only be eighty percent as good as us, but they are going to be one hundred percent focused on that plan and doing everything everything according to that strategy, you know, doing everything they need to, they should go with that other advisor because they are going to get a better result. One hundred percent of eighty percent is is better. Than fifty percent of of the best advisors. So, and that was what was interesting. Is um, yeah, yesterday going through that was that what I it was a similar sort of thing. Not not I'm not saying you're only eighty percent as good as me. What I'm actually saying is that the most important thing was for us to come up with a plan that Nicola and I could both be hundred percent on board with and both hundred percent happy with. So then. Even if that plan isn't exactly what I personally might have come up with, or that she personally might have come up with on our own, the most important thing is that now we both know what the direction is. We both have a plan, and we both know what our role is in that. We can now just go and focus on that and go. We know what we need to do. We can just go and do that without having to worry about is this is this fitting in with the bigger picture of what we're both trying to achieve. So it was, and it's, it was a, really it's a real facilitative approach, uh, process as opposed to a prescriptive process. Yeah. So, so I think yeah. I think people before they come in and see us think that um, we're just going to tell them what to do, and mm. um, and I think there's probably maybe a little bit of a reluctance there because they feel yeah. that they may not have any input into that. Um, yeah. However, um, we feel that that um, being facilitative and actually giving and yeah. taking and, and saying, what about this and what about that? And, oh, yeah, that might yeah. work, but um, what if we yeah. do it this way? And you know, yeah. to, to look at all of those different approaches, it, it gets a lot more buy-in from our clients yeah. and yeah. they have more Absolutely. of a say in it. And yeah. look, there's parts where we say, there's, there's, there's times where we say, look, that doesn't really matter. Like, it, yeah. yeah, if we got it right um, or if we got it wrong, we don't even be guessing. And that and yeah. that's market timing. Yeah. Uh, essentially, yeah. like when to invest, how much, you know, do we yep. invest all that money now? Do we drip yep. feed it in? Yep. Uh, at the at the end of the day, we usually say it doesn't really matter because yep. because there's yep. far more important things to to yep. focus on. So we tend to, to yep. of of course, put a weighting on the more important factors uh, in right. terms of 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 uh, dedicating our time and resources to those more important weighting factors. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And that was it was interesting going through that process yesterday. It would have been very easy for you and I to get bogged down in the really technical details of how to mm. exactly do this one little piece of the puzzle rather than, uh, as you did obviously a good job of, is, is the bigger picture of making sure that Nicola was engaged and happy with the plan and that we were both happy with the overarching theme of what it is we're trying to achieve, where we're heading towards, what's important to both of us. Then, then the minor details, as we said a couple of times, where we started to get into a bit of the detail and then went, look, that just doesn't really matter, to be honest. It mm. doesn't matter how we do that particular part, the, the, main, the main things we, we got right. And I think that was, that was a really, 
interesting experience to go through from the from the other side of the table. That's good. So, That's there, great. there you go, man. It's a bit of a, a bit of a pump up for you. Normally, I'm, normally I'm canning you and telling you I'm, I'm way better than you. So this is a this was a, was a good experience to to be on the other side of Michael Hark as the, the number two financial advisor in Australia. Well, I'm not surprised at what you're timing because uh, I was never in doubt that, that, that you were good. Never, you I was never good. in doubt that, that, that I was good and that you and your wife would be impressed with um, how I approached everything yesterday. So yeah. it's, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good to hear reconfirmation of, of what I already knew. But uh, no, all jokes aside, um, yeah, no, it was a, a really interesting process to go through and we found it. Uh, equally as as um, interesting and rewarding when we came through to see you yeah. as well. So, so um, I guess that's all I had to say for yeah. today. Do you have anything yeah. to add, Dallas? No, I, actually, when you when you were telling me your theory before of what you think might maybe happen with the markets, it actually reminded me of a, of a little of a little folktale or a fable that I thought might be good to wrap up with. Mate, there's a uh, a story of an of an old an old, I can't remember now where the where it was actually set. I'll make it up, but it was an old bushy, like in in the Man from Snowy River territory in in the Highlands of New South Wales. And he's uh, his 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 number one horse ran away, and someone and his next door neighbour says to him, "Oh, this is uh, this is just terrible news. I'm really sorry for you." He goes, "We'll see." And Sure enough, a week later, the horse comes back with it with a mob of brumbies. So he's gone from having one horse to 20 horses. And the next door neighbor comes in and goes, oh, mate, this is fantastic. You're so lucky. Yeah, how, how good is this work now? The old bushy goes, we'll see. Then sure enough, one of these 20 horses strikes out at his, at his, at his, at his son who works on the farm and breaks his leg. And so the son's going to limp forever. And, and, and again, the next door neighbor goes, oh, no, this is terrible. This is the worst thing that could possibly happen. You know, you're so unlucky. And the old guy goes, we'll see. And then in keeping with the theme of Anzac Day, there's a, there's a war that breaks out. And the, the, the oldest son that normally would have been sent to the front line, he, he, can't, he can't get signed up because he's, because he's got this limp. So, and then eventually, basically, the, the theory being that everything that happens in life or everything that goes on, you can either view it through the lens of this is a terrible thing that's happened and, and there's no positive, there's no negative from here. But really, the best way to be is to be like the old bushy and just kind of go, well, we'll see. We'll have to see what happens out of this. So when you had your theory about America you know, getting better or not getting better or Sweden or this, I'm just, I'm just thinking like the old bushy, well, we'll see. So we'll be back again next week and, and that will be probably be my input again then. You'll have to remember my theory because um, <laughs> bearing in mind, if it starts to come true, I'll remember it. You yeah. won't have to... You won't have to. You you won't have to raise it. I'll raise it. Yeah. If it if it starts to go the other way, there'll be yeah. silence yeah. from my yeah. from my part. Yeah. So you'll you'll have but to remember. Is, that's that's why I love I love that fable because it, things happen all the time. Where and and especially you see it in the news and it's always portrayed as something is a hundred. No one you never see a news headline that goes. There's a sixty percent chance of this thing happening. Is you know someone's opinion on that. It's always. You know, U.S. share market to tank on news of this. You know, there's no there's no grey area in all this. When really the attitude you should have is is like the old bushy, and that's kind of what we were touching on is with our planning yesterday it was based around 
well, we don't know what's going to happen. So we'll just no. see, but we'll just be prepared in a way that whatever happens, we, we see the good, we, we see the good in, in whatever situation comes up, but we're also prepared for the worst case as well. I think it's a great point to wrap up. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.